Welcome to Control the Controllables. I'm Dan Kiernan from Soto Tennis Academy in Spain, and we've teamed up with Max Tennis Academy in Ireland. We've brought this podcast together to entertain, educate, and energize the tennis community through the different lenses of the sport that we love. From Grand Slam champions to those at grassroots level, from sports journalists to backroom staff, Our aim is truly to get under the bonnet of the tennis world at all levels. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 112 of Control the Controllables. And today we have a special bonus episode with two of the hottest players on the ATP Tour right now. One of the interviews over Fire and Ice. Um, I think everyone knows which one's Fire, which one's Ice. But yeah... Evo's he's great to play with. He brings so much energy on the court, which is good for my game um, because I'm more of the quiet one. I'm just so relaxed playing with him. He's he makes you feel so good on the court and um, very confident, and it's it's going well. And hopefully we can win a few few more matches this week and uh, take it into Madrid and Rome. And that was of course Dan Evans and Neil Skupski, fresh from their amazing week in Monte Carlo. Dan Evans making his first ever Masters 1000 semi-final and on the way having a victory over the world number one Novak Djokovic and then teaming up with Neil Skupski to make their second consecutive ATP and Masters 1000 doubles final, losing out to Metkic and Pavic for the second time but moving into fifth place in the ATP Tour race. And once again, shown what a great pair they are as they've come together with the illness of Ken Skupski currently. Both of the boys have been fantastic supporters of the podcast. And for that, I thank them a lot. It's the third time that they've come on. It's a short episode. It's a sharp episode. The boys bring great entertainment. They talk about what they were thinking during some of the best shots and best moments of the last couple of weeks. And this is a one that's well worth a listen, folks. So sit back and enjoy. And I'm going to pass you over to Dan Evans and Neil Skupski. So Dan Evans and Neil Skupski, a big welcome back to Control the Controllables. Evo, I'm going to get started with you. And on the back of... What an incredible week in Monte Carlo. Not only your first quarterfinal at a Masters 1000, but your first semi-final and on clay courts and making final of the doubles. What a special week. Yeah, it was um, It was a good one. It was good good fun, uh, first and foremost. Had a good week and obviously, you know, good good people around me were there. So it was, um, it was good. It was nice to be playing doubles as well. It probably helped a lot in the early rounds to be pretty relaxed and no I had doubles to, to play so it was um it was a week which started out to get some some time on the courts but then ended up being a being a pretty successful one match after match yeah. and I guess the, the most impressive thing for me ever is you've beaten arguably the greatest ever male tennis player and that'll be something that people can argue till the cows come home and then for you to be able to respond, to come out and then win that match against Goffan in the quarterfinals, you know, how, how did you manage to get in that mindset from the Djokovic win to then come out the next day? No, that was probably the, like, not the level of tennis, but it, it was the toughest, probably that, 
that evening and that next day was probably the toughest day I've had in, you know, tennis. It was stressful. It was uh, mentally draining. It was difficult to to sort of slow myself down to, you know, I felt people looked at me differently at the courts. It was, it was, it was a difficult day. And then, you know, it's also a little bit, it's a bit embarrassing as well. People are always saying, well done to you. You know, you never want to, no one to say well done, but when every man and his dog saying well done, well done, you know, and sort of like, it's the done thing to do, isn't it? Say well done, but the majority of them are like, not that asked if you've won or lost, let's be honest. And I, I would rather it that way than, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather them just not say anything, but, yeah, it was it was a tough day, but then to come back and back it up against Goffin, I, I definitely slept well on the on the Friday night, and then obviously I had doubles as well. But yeah, it was um, it was a good sleep Friday, and you know Saturday didn't go great, but it was um, you know I'll never forget that week. Yeah. And what what did you change on the clay court? Because I must admit, boys, I've seen so much of you two the last two or three weeks. I've been I've been addicted to watching all of your singles matches ever and all, all of the doubles matches as well. So I watched the Massetti match and, and then I watched you go through the rounds and it seemed like you just almost changed a little bit the way you played as you went. And you just seemed to get more and more comfortable playing from the back as that went on. Is that something that you hadn't felt you could do previously on a clear court? No, I mean, I just, I sort of found my game style. Um, you know, I uh, I started moving a lot better. The court in Sardinia was, was, not, was not the... The best clay court you'll ever yeah. you'll ever see. Um, so yeah, I, I was hitting the ball good, and you know I got some doubles matches in Sardinia as well. I got a few days to work with the fitness trainer on movement on the clay, and then you know if you look at my first match against Lavich, I think I served volleyed fifty four times. I think it was right, or I come okay. to the net fifty four times, and and then the Hercats match was different matchup, so I sort of found myself at the back and I thought I could beat it from the back. And then Djokovic, I didn't want to give him too much of a target and slice was work, so I didn't find myself at the net so much. And then Goffin in the third set, I found myself at the net a lot, so it's sort of just how it worked out. Um, but it's not a way I want to be playing, is at the back, really. I want to be being aggressive, using my forehand and finishing up at the net. But, you know, it's... Um, difficult to, to do all the time to, to be at the net and you're going to have to hustle some point play at the back but you know my main game's at the net as it is on every surface yeah, well done, man. It's, it was an incredible week and lots to build on. And to bring you in, Neil, what an incredible month you've had, like picking up your first ATP event with your brother, ATP 500 event with your brother. Obviously, poor Ken's had, had, a, had a difficult few weeks since, but then to go and go back to back thousands. And I think my, my first question is, how does that feel for you, you know, to, to put such a great month together? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, going back to uh, Acapulco, it was a very, very tough draw. And me and Ken just kind of we just put a, a good week together. It was Ken's, I think, maybe fourth or fifth ever 500 event. Um, so he was ecstatic when, when we won the um, the final um, against a good team, Zabias and Granoles. Um, but it was a great week. We beat some good teams. Just an unfortunate for, for him after he got back to 
back to England that he, he got the uh, the blood clot. So he's still recovering from that. Uh, he's going to be out for a little bit more time. Um, but then I headed straight to, to Miami to play with Evo for the first time. And it, we just we just lit it up, really. Um, didn't know really what to expect. But yeah, we, we gelled pretty quickly. Um, Evo was a uh, pretty, pretty good guy to have in your corner. He's... Um, he knows the double score very well. Um, I've seen him play multiple times, grew up together. So it, it, it's been good fun so far. Um, back, back up in Monte Carlo, also on the clay. It's been fun not just playing with him, just watching him as well, him develop on the clay um, from the side, cheering, cheering him on against like Djokovic and, and Goffin. The boy can play a decent slice on him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's gone really well. We lost a tough one in the final uh, to have it in Mexico in both finals Miami and Monte Carlo um, but I think we're learning on how to play with each other I think uh, people have said we're, I mean one of the interviews said we're fire and ice um, I think everyone knows which one's fire which one's ice but yeah Evo's, he's great to play with he brings so much energy on the court which is good for my game um, because I'm more of the quiet one um, and I just I'm just so relaxed playing with him he's, he makes you feel so good on the court and um, very confident and it's it's going well and hopefully we can win a few few more matches this week and uh, take it into Madrid and Rome. So uh, because on that Evo playing with Evo like his his fire is there for everyone to see and and it's like what I've seen from you over the last two or three weeks all of a sudden you've got a little bit more vocal. You know, there's definitely, you know, there's like the picture when you won the semi-final match, you were very expressive. You know, there's definitely more loud, a great serve Evo, you know, and starting to play that role. Have you have you found that having Evo by your side has helped bring that side of you out? Yeah, I think so. I mean, as you know, I went to, to college, LSU. College was a bit like that. You needed to get fired up to play them, play them matches. Um, I play world team tennis every year. That's the same. And that seems to bring the best out of me when I'm, I'm fully energized and there's a bit of fire in my belly. Um, so yeah, Evo's bringing the best out of me at the moment. Um, so yeah, I mean, when I'm when I'm pumped, I play a lot better, and I, I think I play a bit more relaxed. Um, I don't think about shots as much. I just I just play, which helps my game. And um, we're here in Barcelona at the moment. We got a, a tough match against Conten and Roger Vasselin. but yeah, we're on a run a high and. Hopefully we can string a few matches together and see where we go this week. And Evo, is there a danger that this week becomes a bit of a low after the excitement of last week? No, uh, no, not really. I think I learned last week is, uh, you know, no, no one's, no one doesn't look at the draw. If anyone tells you they look at, they don't look at the draw, they're, they're lying. <laughs> um you know, last week was was difficult. I looked at who was around me, and it was it was hard, you know. But to come through, and then you know, it's a big thing not to have expectations, and that's the test this week is to just play my game, compete point for point, and see see where it is. And I think that's you know could definitely help in the future with the the grand slams. I think maybe I put a bit too much pressure on myself last last year to do well in the slams rather than, you know, just concentrate on myself, my game, each point. And and last week probably taught me taught me that more than more than ever to, you know, stick to my game. Don't worry about anybody else's and and you know, you you can lose. I can lose first round easy here, but 
you know, it won't be because I'm worrying about who I'm playing or what happened last week. You know, it's um, yep. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And what's that done to your belief system? I know you, you're a lad who's got a lot of belief anyway, but all of a sudden to be to be beating the Djokovic and beating the Gothan and and training with Federer for two weeks earlier in the year, you know, it feels as if your your level has just gone up again. You know, do you do you feel that yourself? Do you think that this is going to really impact your belief system in that? No, not not really. Um, you know, I was telling telling a, a friend earlier that, you know, after I lost to Massetti, I said to my girlfriend, geez, you know, this is ugly stuff here. This could be eight first rounds in a row. Like, if we go along the, the tournaments I'm about to play, you know, like, something needs to change. And, you know, I went first round, I think I went three first rounds in, yeah, Dubai, Miami, Doha, didn't win a match and then obviously come to Massetti, lost that match. Then I would go to Monte Carlo playing Lejovic the year before finalist. I'm like, and then I'm looking, I've got Barcelona, which is an easy Rome, not easy Madrid, not easy French Open, clearly not easy because I wouldn't be seeded. So I'm thinking, geez, this can, this, this is looking, you know, terrible. And, that's just how the sport is, isn't it? You, it's funny what, you know, 10, 10 minutes ago, I was thinking, I'm looking at some first rounds here. And then now, you know, it would be, be stupid to think, right, you yeah. know, you can go win this tournament or have big belief. You know, that's why the expectation is yeah. it's good to keep it as it was. And it definitely taught me something. You know, I wasn't panicking. I never look at points and stuff like that. But, you know, I have no, no shame in saying I've, said to Alia, listen, like this is this could get pretty messy and quickly if like things don't don't start to take my chances in the third set. I, I lost like four three setters. So yeah, I mean it's you, the game. You don't isn't get, it? Yeah, you don't want to get ahead of yourself either way, do you? you no, exactly. Like, yeah. But like if anyone tells you they don't think like that, they they do. They yeah. everyone thinks, listen, this is getting yeah. and everybody looks at the results and that's that's just the way it is. And so, like, it'd be stupid of me now to think, right, I've had a semi last week. And it's the same in the dubs, you know, like Neil said, Continent and whoever it is, is it Barcelona? Yeah, Barcelona. They're a good pair. They can beat us. There's no, no one's routine in anyone in doubles. No. You know, unless you pull Johnny O'Mara and Glassball as wild cards, it'd be routine or something like that. But, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, you're not routine in anyone. So it's... Uh, difficult how do you guys deal with and we're going to get to this in a, in a second how do you guys deal with the tie breaks like the the super tie breaks the the sudden death juices there's there's quite a lot of big moments in the doubles and it, and it feels as if when you're confident you can get over the line and then but when you're not confident they can't so how do you guys as a team deal with that neil i hit lobs <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically just that no no it's it's been good. I mean, we've um, we played quite a few match tiebreaks and we've come out on top on uh, more than we've lost. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're just we're just taking one put at a time, really. That's what we all we can do and bring as much energy as possible. I mean, a lot of the teams probably think they've they've beaten us after they've beat after they've won the second set, but then they've been comfortable like beating us six two, and then they, we look down and we just sit down and we we talk it over, and then we we come out 
all guns blazing. I mean, they, we try and hit them when they're cold and they think we're down, but it's uh, it's been working so far and hopefully we can probably try and win a few matches in straight sets rather than um, giving everyone a bit of heart attacks at home. But it's, um, yeah, it's been good fun. I mean, I think we um, play our best tennis under pressure. I don't think teams really can get a hold of what we're going to do because we don't really stick to patterns. Um, and we're, we're unpredictable. So I think we just keep doing what we're doing, try and stay um, solid throughout the match and hopefully we can uh, win a few good, few more matches. And Evo, how, how long can we expect this partnership to continue? You know, with your singles, you don't often see singles guys that are, that are doing so much doubles, but you've obviously been committed to that. So everyone wants to know, Evan Skopsky, how long is it going to continue for? No, I'm, I'm a substitute for Ken. Um, not, no, a bad, once, not a bad one. Once, once <laughs> Ken. I think those boys, they're pretty close to, um, with rankings and stuff, being able to get into the Masters. So I only, we just said, like, we play in the Masters. Um, I won't be playing dubs in the Grand Slams okay. because just it's quite, it's quite hard. But if we were close to, like, Turin and stuff like that and those boys hadn't had a good run then I don't see why we wouldn't give it a go in the Masters in the summer you know it's just it's that it's not my game either it's it's Neil's you know it's not I've got obviously I love to play doubles but it's um you know I'm not one to try and tread on people's toes and I want I want Ken and, and Neil to do well you know they started the year very very well um you know winning a 500 uh is a great result and it's obviously Ken who wins the finals and not Neil. <laughs> <laughs> well you're ever you're you're the first Brit since 2011 to be ranked inside the top 60 in singles and doubles so my question to Neil is is he going to try and rival you and see if he can get top 60 in singles to catch you up? Wait a minute me to get top 60 in singles? <laughs> is, is it uh, happening? I, I, <laughs> We practiced together today like a proper practice. <laughs> that won't happen. Yeah, I mean, gonna... I, my, 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 my brain couldn't process that question. So. <laughs> That's how little yeah. it's going to happen. Boys, I know Evo's hungry. It's, we do our quick fire. I've got a special Evan Skupski quick fire. So, okay. ready. Okay, let's see what your knowledge of you guys as a doubles pair is. Neil, what is your match record together as a doubles pair? You've got five seconds. Go. Eight and two. Very good. Evo, what's your tie-break record? Not championship tie-break, but tie-break record together. We've won a lot. I don't know. Neil? 10 and 1. We've lost two. 7 and 1, I believe. 7 and 1, yeah. What, Neil, what's your super tie-break, third set tie-break record? 7 and 1. 7 and 1. It's 7 and 1 as well. Wow. Neil, what were you thinking when Evo hit that lob to go nine hole in the tie break? What were you thinking? Because you you were deadpan. It was I thought the it most... was out. I was, you... I was I was I was waiting for the, I was waiting for the um, the linedridge for a late a late call to say out. I couldn't believe it had gone in. Neil thought best... someone threw a ball from the side. <laughs> I mean, it was the best shot I've ever seen, and I just looked at Neil's face, and it was just like, yeah, yeah, good shot, mate. Yeah, well, yeah, know, I was expecting that. On, on to the next one. Evo, what's the most important shot that Neil's hit in the last two weeks? 
He missed it. Eight seven in the tiebreak this week. We needed it, and he missed it. So he needs to make it this week. Yeah, the neck cord. Yeah, that helps. (laughs) And and last last question to you both, to you first, Evo. I know you're both big football fans. What are we thinking of the European Super League? Thumbs down. Thumbs down, Neil. As as a scouser. Awful idea. Ruining football. Are you going to speak bad about your team? No, they'll they'll come round. Jurgen Klopp will turn them around. Okay, boys. There's, they'll, there's, they'll pull out. There's a few people that have that have that have written in, and I want to mention their names: Mark Smith, Patricia Law, and Betty Stolk. In the last half an hour, I've got in touch on social media to say they're proud of you, boys. You're doing a great job. They've loved watching you as have many of us. Yeah, keep keep bringing the excitement. Evo, keep doing your thing on the singles court, man. And, and boys, keep doing your thing on the doubles court. Great to have you on. All the best. Cheers. Thanks for all the Thank support. You. And I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. It's such a pleasure to sit there and talk to the boys. Dan told me he had a seven o'clock dinner, of which I questioned whether that was even possible in Barcelona but he said in the tournament hotel that it is. So we managed to get it done by 7.01 and off he went to prepare for their first round doubles tomorrow in Barcelona. The boys have travelled from Monte Carlo pretty much overnight and they'll go again. So the best of luck to Dan and to Neil for this next week week, and for the remainder of the clear court season And a big thank you for them giving up their time. And while I'm on my thank yous, a big thank you for all of your continued support. I haven't asked you for a couple of weeks, but please, if you can, just spend one minute to jump onto your podcast platform and just give us a little rating, a little review and pass these podcasts on to one or two of your friends. It really does make a difference and it's massively appreciated. And we'll be back in the next few hours as we have our weekly release and this week with Lewis Burton, which is a much anticipated podcast that you guys have been waiting for and we're delighted to bring it to you. It really is another fantastic episode and we'll continue to do our best to bring these podcasts to you. But until next time, I'm Dan Kiernan and we are Control the Controllables. <laughs>